Psalm 93 is a song of praise for God's complete rule over the world. He sits up high as king, and what he's decreed is never going to change. We're reminded that God has been ruling from everlasting, long before and long after will ever be around. And nothing in this world is mightier than him, including the floods. Now, the flood should not be understood as just the natural phenomena of too much water in one place at one time. The great oceans and bodies of water in the ancient Near East, they took on a mythological significance. In many of Israel's surrounding cultures and neighbors, the sea was an evil force, ready to rise up against the goodness of the created order. And Genesis 1 actually sort of reflects this concept. We have God's spirit hovering over the face of the deep, and he overcomes it by forming his very good creation. The psalm asserts that no matter how wild life gets, God is still the same, and God is still in control. As the floods of life rise up around us, threatening to drown us, God is enthroned above. Nothing is ever going so wrong that God is surprised. Everything's going to plan. The bad guys haven't won. With this in mind, Psalm 94 becomes so much easier to pray. It's an appeal to God to rise up against the psalmist's enemies. Because when the author looks around, it looks like the bad guys have won, and that the flood is about to overtake everyone. He asks in verse 3 through 7, O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evildoers boast, they crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say, the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. So they're violent, boastful, evil, and blasphemous. They don't think God's in control at all, and that's why they keep getting away with everything. But in verse 9, he who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? God sees more than we realize, and he helps us take on this heavenly perspective. He sees that the wicked are nothing but a mere breath, a puff of air. We struggle with the question, how long? But we need to realize that our lifetime isn't that long at all when compared to the eternity of God. Just because he's allowing for injustice to occur for this brief moment doesn't mean that he's lost control over the entire project. And second, we need to see our trials from the perspective of verse 12. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law. Our personal disasters are not signs that God has lost or that he hates us. It's often a sign of his love through discipline. Just as parents discipline their children in the hopes of preparing them for success later in life, so does God. God hasn't abandoned the psalmist. In verse 18, as he's slipping, God is still there to catch him. And so the psalm concludes by answering the question posed in verse 20, Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? Do we really think that God is on the side of evil? Do we really think that he's going to let the bad guys win, is what the psalmist is asking? And in verse 23, he will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. God is the one in control. He's told us time and time again that we might not understand fully why bad things are happening, but in the end, he will make it right. He sits enthroned above the chaos that surrounds us and reaches out his hand to rescue us from it.